Welcome to the Mornings with Sue and Andy podcast for Friday, April the 9th. This time, Andy out. Mike Tarasco is in. The man who spent more than seven decades walking two steps behind the Queen has died at the age of 99. So today we talk to Global's Europe correspondent, Redmond Shannon, about the life and death of Prince Philip. From new travel restrictions to a drop in the COVID infection rate, we head across the pond for an update on the UK's pandemic situation. And of course, chat about the passing of Prince Philip with UK broadcaster and business owner, Kenny James. Mayor Nahed Nenshi is not running in the upcoming municipal election, but he's got some ideas about what Calgary should be asking their candidates before casting a ballot. The mayor joins us for his weekly catch-up. Brett Kissel is an Alberta-born country music star, and he's releasing a new album today. He joins us to wax poetic on the meaning of life. And as usual on Fridays, we set you up with ideas for what to watch this weekend with Brett McGarry, host of The Couch Potatoes. 8.43 now, and sad news out of the UK very early this morning with word that Prince Philip died peacefully at Windsor Castle, just two months shy of his 100th birthday. Joining us with the latest news on Philip's passing is Redmond Shannon, Europe's correspondent for Global News. Good morning to you, Redmond. Thanks so much for joining us. Good morning, Sue. Thank you for being here. You know, do we know anything at, at all? If I, it's early, but do we know anything about funeral plans at this point for Philip? We do know a little bit um, for a couple of reasons. First of all, uh, Philip, before he died, uh, stipulated that he did not want a big fuss, did not want a state funeral. So it will not be a state funeral, say, at Westminster Abbey or anything like that. He died in Windsor early this morning and he will lie in state at Windsor. Will be The funeral will take place uh, at St. George's Chapel, uh, the church where uh, Harry and Meghan got married a few years ago there. And he will be buried in Windsor. And the College of Arms who look after the logistics of this, are, they're already asking members of the public uh, in advance of when all the details are nailed down uh, for people not to come to Windsor, not to gather. Uh, because of the pandemic. So it is just as well that he didn't want a big fuss of a funeral because it would have been impossible. And so it is perhaps fitting that uh, it will be just uh, family only. Uh, Redmond, what are some of the traditions observed when a member of the royal family passes away? Yes, well, I, I'm, on, I'm in a taxi right now heading to Buckingham Palace and I passed uh, the City Hall in London and uh, noticed... Uh, and I'm going through uh, Trafalgar Square as well right now by Canada House and flags are at half-mast um, around the country and will stay at half-mast um, around the country. I'm looking I'm directly in front of Canada House in the taxi right now and the, the Maple Leaf is there at half-mast uh, as, it, as the, uh, the Union Jacks are and we'll stay that way until the funeral and that is one uh, protocol. Another is that... Uh, Members of Parliament, MPs, will all um, wear uh, black armbands on their left sleeve, as is a tradition. And, uh, for example, male MPs will wear black ties. Uh, you will see generally darker clothes worn by public representatives like that. So, at least for the few days um, between now and then, uh, these are some of the um, observances we will see. Uh, Redmond, we know the Prime Minister, Justin Trudeau, this morning expressing condolences on behalf of, of Canada. But as we, as, as citizens, is there a way that we can share our condolences with the royal family? I am not sure of the details right now, but I would be very sure that in some respects there will be a online books of condolences set up, uh, mm-hmm. particularly one would imagine in countries like Canada, uh, Jamaica, Australia, etc., parts of the Commonwealth realm where the Queen is, of course, head of state. 
um, at the very least, uh, these will be uh, things that I imagine would be set up. I don't have the details right now. I know Prime Minister Justin Trudeau has issued a statement, uh, as have leaders uh, from across the Commonwealth realm. Um, uh, of condolence to the Queen and the Royal Family and praising the Duke's public service over the years. So uh, I'm sure in the hours ahead we'll probably see more details about how uh, ordinary Canadians can perhaps send a message to the Royals. Well, Redmond, I know it's a very busy day for you today, so thank you for uh, carving out some time for us this morning. Thank you, guys. Have a great day. Bye. That is Redmond Shannon, Global News Europe correspondent. 609 here on Mornings with Sue and Andy. Mike Tarasco filling in for Andy Schultz. He'll be back on Monday. Now, we are going to head over the pond now. The UK's COVID-19 vaccination program is beginning to break the link between infection and serious illness or death. We're going to cover that off. But we also, of course, need to talk about the big breaking news of today, which is the death of Prince Philip. We're joined now by Kenny James, a UK broadcaster and business owner. Good morning to you, Kenny. Morning, Mike. So, Kenny, I, I, first of all, let's talk about Prince Philip, if if you're good with that. What did he mean to you? He's an interesting character, an often divided opinion uh, in the UK and around the world, I guess. Um, Longest-serving consort in British history uh, was 99. Hadn't been so well recently. Been in hospital for a few weeks. Uh, working well into his 90s. Still travelled extensively supporting the Queen. Hasn't done much really formally since 2017, when he was age 96, but he's still very well known for supporting charities and did many appearances. Um, interesting guy. As I said, he's affectionately known as uh, over here for his uh, open views, off-the-cuff remarks, which have made people smile mm. sometimes and have, have shocked a few along the way too. Um, big thing over here that he's done for years, the Duke of Edinburgh's award scheme. Still supports many hundreds of charities every year, inspires thousands of children to do lots of things in wildlife conservation, technology and sport, but widely respected for being the Queen's husband, effectively. Mm-hmm. And Kenny, how important was that role to both of them, really, in the end? Um, so, very important. The Queen herself actually said uh, a few years ago at the golden anniversary, uh, where she said that, quite simply, to quote her, is simply being my strength and stay all these years. I owe him a greater debt than he ever would claim or we shall ever know. So he was on her arm continually. First met when they were 13 years old and his eyes never left her since. Mm. What kind of impact will his death have on the nation? Uh, well, we're in a bit of shock, really, at the moment, Mike. The news only just recently broken, so we're still taking it all in. Uh, flags on public buildings are being lowered to half-mast. And we're going to a period of official mourning now. There's no room yet, no news yet on, on the um, funeral, when that might be. But it's, uh, people are in a bit of shock today. Yeah, I think you're right, Kenny. You know, that's what we were talking about earlier, that yes, we knew he was in the hospital. But when he came home, I think people thought, okay, maybe he's, you know, he's rallied and he's, he's better. And, and, and we'll still have Philip around for a little while longer. Sadly, not to be the case. Yeah, I think so. I think one of the things over here that people will be uh, as upset about as losing him is that he didn't make it to his hundredth birthday, mm-hmm. which was only you know a few days away in July. Mm-hmm. So I think that uh, that will be as upsetting as the fact that, that he's passed away. Yeah, yeah, very very sad news this morning, Kenny. Just want to switch a little bit and and cover off what COVID is up to uh, in the UK right now. Recent studies showed that infections dropped by about sixty percent in March. Uh, does it look like there's a bit of a light at the end of the tunnel? Uh, I think so, Mike. Yeah, 31.8 million first doses now given in the UK, uh, 6.1 million second doses 
they were as of last night. Uh, we're now carrying out over a million virus tests every day now in the UK. Uh, the number of deaths fallen to 53 reported yesterday too, which is massively down, obviously, on recent times. Uh, for instance, in my part of the UK, there's only been one positive test in the last few days and no deaths at all. So, it's uh, yeah, people are feeling more positive. That's good news for sure. Is there still a, a lot of caution, though? I mean, re- restrictions on air travel for sure, Kenny. We know that some new countries just added to the list of those restricted, you know, coming in and out of the UK, for example. Yeah, that's been preoccupying people over here. It's the block on flying aboard for holidays. There are 39 countries on what's called the red list now, which means international visitors that have travelled through those countries in the previous 10 days will be refused entry into England. Uh, Scotland, Northern Ireland and Wales have slightly different rules. Uh, British citizens will have to go into a government-approved hotel which they have to pay for themselves for 10 days and then take two COVID tests during that time. And there's no European countries on that list and Canada's not on that list. You'd be glad to know too. Wow, 10 days, uh, hotel quarantine. We have a three-day program <laughs> over here and people are screaming bloody murder. <laughs> well, yeah, over here, the, the government are now talking about introducing what they call a traffic light system uh, from 17th of May, uh, which will consist of green countries, amber countries and red countries. In green countries, you need to test in the country you're leaving for for return to the UK, a pre-departure test. And you have to take a test when you get back to the UK, which you have to pay for yourself, which is about £120 UK money, 200 or so Canadian dollars. Amber countries, people you have to quarantine for 10 days at home when they get back, and they need the same tests as from a green country. And red countries, you'll have to go into quarantine for 10 days when you get back, uh, pay for that yourself at a cost of £1,750 per person. That's Ooh. about 3000 Canadian dollars. And you have to take all the tests while you're joining quarantine as well. So uh, we're, not, uh, we're not messing about over here with that. Definitely not. And, and you know, I, I'm sure all talk is about the, the variants, right? I mean, that's what we're talking about here as well. Here in Alberta, they, they told us yesterday, if you get sick, you can assume that it's 99% for sure going to be that UK variant. First of all, how, how does it feel to have one of them named after your country? It can't, <laughs> can't be good, but I know, you know, in all seriousness, all eyes on the variants in the UK as well too, right? Of course, yeah. we get blamed for everything. Soon. <laughs> uh, there's been quite a bit of conversation over here this week, actually, about the AstraZeneca vaccine, one of the vaccines. <clears throat> uh, as you probably heard, a vaccine advisor said this week that people under 30 here should be offered a different jab, not the Zeneca one, because of the risk of getting these rare boot clots. And by the end of March, it's reported 19 people have died in the UK after getting these rare blood clots after the AstraZeneca jab. Although medics over here are saying the chances are so minimal that you should definitely not avoid getting your your jab but uh, but the AstraZeneca one people are being a bit wary about that just want to ask you Kenny uh, in Canada we, we do have a fair n- a number of people that are kind of pushing back on restrictions I shouldn't say kind of they are pushing back mm-hmm. on restrictions and saying that it's over the top this isn't a big deal do you have that same kind of pushback in the UK We've had a few cases recently, yeah, Mike, where people have been to, to demonstrations and stuff uh, without wearing masks and were restricted to small demonstrations. Of, 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 you couldn't be out for, I would say, with more than six people, where hundreds have, have been out in parks and things, and, and, and the police have had to go in. And, and it's a difficult job for the police, of course, because you know, they don't want to fall out with, with the public, but they have to make sure the law 
is, is maintained. So there have been issues where there have been sort of small-scale disturbances at some of these things for people who, who either don't believe they shouldn't have to stay home, or in some cases, there's still some people that don't believe that COVID exists at all. Mm-hmm. Well, there and here for sure. But we uh, thank you for your time this morning and great update. To appreciate it, Kenny. Have a great weekend. Be safe, my friend. You too, guys. That is Kenny James, UK broadcaster and business owner. Coming up on 812, and Mayor Nahed Nenshi may not be running in the upcoming municipal election, but he's still got a lot of work to do before his term is over. We will talk about those plans in just a moment, but first, today on National Name Yourself Day, we say good morning, Mr. Mayor. Good morning, and just before we get into it all, of course, we all woke up to uh, this terrible news uh, about His Royal Highness the Duke of Edinburgh, and, you know, I share in everyone's uh, sadness and condolences, but also gratitude for his extraordinary life of service, uh, and we will be passing on those condolences uh, to Her Majesty and the family uh, on behalf of the citizens of Calgary. It truly was a life of service, wasn't it? I mean, you know, to, to his country, to his wife, the Queen, and, and so many visits to Canada, a country that he really loved. Yeah, extraordinary. And, you know, I heard Boris Johnson, the Prime Minister, this morning reminding me of something I I knew because I've seen the first few episodes of The Crown. Um, He's also one of the the few remaining veterans of the Second World War uh, and, you know, had extraordinary service in the Navy uh, at that time and just continued that life of service. He did. We will remember him. And thank you for uh, for bringing that up for sure. Uh, we, on a bit of a lighter note, though, we're kind of having fun on a Friday, Mayor, with the National Name Yourself Day. So I am naming myself Oprah Bond today. Nice. Uh, Mike, nice. what was your name again? My name is Denzel Schwarzenegger. <laughs> so okay. you can be any name. You can give yourself any name, Mr. Mayor. What would you, you give know, yourself? I feel like the burden of a name that no one can sell or pronounce has really spell or pronounce has really uh, you know forged me as a human being. Um, but you know, wouldn't it be nice to order a coffee and not have to spell your name? Good point. So maybe I'll go for Mike or Sue. Oh, just keeping it simple just, on a Friday. In a single and, you word, know, I like that. It's like sharing. Is, is that my name um, is a Persian name, but we're not Persian. My aunt thought it was a nice name, and she named me and my sister. And my sister ended up getting a name which is actually a boy's name. And I got a name which in Iran is actually a girl's name. So I'm quite literally a boy named Sue. That is excellent. Amazing. In a way, I feel like I'm almost the mayor now that you've said you would just call yourself Sue. That's <laughs> <laughs> the closest I'm going to get to that job. All right, fair enough. It's open. You know, there's, there's an opportunity here for you. That's a busy ring, isn't it, if we want to throw our hats it's in there? It's very busy. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, so, Mr. Mayor, I can still call you that for at least the next few months. Absolutely. What are you looking to hear from the upcoming candidates that want to take your position? You know, I think, well, not so much what I want to hear. I think what all the citizens want, need to hear, which is we need to hear, you know, what really is your vision? What are you trying to do? Calgary, I'm hopeful that over the next 199 days, I guess, which Siri tells me I've got, (laughs) uh, we'll be able to get a lot of important things finished around getting out of the pandemic and around the post-pandemic recovery. I'm really hopeful that we'll be turning over the city in in a better place. Uh, But that said, there's going to be an enormous amount of work to do. And I have to say that the early, early days of this race, and it's still very early, have not been in any way inspiring. You know, uh, we've heard a lot of platitudes. We've heard a lot of, oh, I'll cut your taxes or, oh, I've got great ideas. Um, but I think that, uh, you know, citizens really need to try and get uh, candidates to take real positions on major issues about how you're going to build Calgary's future. 
And certainly it's not enough to say, I'm just going to cut your taxes. Mm-hmm. You know, everyone hates taxes, but they're the lowest in the country. What else are you going to do? Um, and where are you going to go from here? And that, that's what I'm hopeful that people will do. And I've said before that it's not in my nature to sit down and shut up. <laughs> um, so uh, I will certainly uh, be helping to frame the issues if that's helpful for voters, uh, providing them with the information they need. Uh, and absolutely, if there are candidates who are misinforming the public, I won't hesitate to correct them. Are there a couple of issues, Mayor, that maybe you, you wish that you had gotten accomplished, finalized, however you want to put it, that maybe you're hoping candidates might follow through with come the next election and beyond? Yeah, I, I, absolutely. You know, and asking that again uh, on our last panel uh, in October, and I'll let you know what, what ones we finished. But, you know, just as an example, this week, one of our committees is looking at our new downtown plan, mm-hmm. and that is aggressive um, and needed and requires a lot of money. And I and we'll be able to fund some of that, I hope, um, through this council. But the next council is going to have to work very hard with the provincial and federal governments, as well as looking at its own budget to figure out how to keep funding that to make sure we're building up the downtown over the medium term. So that's just one of many examples. I hope we'll have our contract done on the green line and work beginning. But if that's not quite done yet, that's something else people will have to pick up. Well, Mr. Nenshi, thank you so much again for joining us. We're always grateful for your time. I know you're a busy man. Thank you so much. And let me just say uh, before I go that, you know, usually we talk about COVID in this time frame, and the numbers are not only awful, they're unexpectedly awful. And it has meant that we've had to change our plans a little bit. And, and I'm going to be pushing for some more changes to really try and protect us. We're, we're, we're getting close to the end, but we're not at the end. So stay disciplined, you know, fight hard, and we have to finish strong. All right. Strong words, Mr. Mayor. Thank you so much. Take good care. That is Mr. Nahed Nenshi, your outgoing mayor in 199 days. Brett Kissel, new music out today. We're trying to track down Alberta's country music star. We'll get to him in just a minute. Before we do that, I wanted to uh, share this story with you. I just thought this was really interesting. You know, we slag social media, and for good reason a lot of the time. But this is kind of a good story that came out of social media. There was uh, a 13-year-old boy who lives in New Hampshire, and he happened to be on TikTok watching a 12-year-old kid who he follows on TikTok regularly. And this... TikTok boy Trent Jarrett was riding his quad bike live on the TikTok app and he crashed it and he was stuck underneath his quad and he was having trouble speaking. He could barely get to his phone, which was kind of lying next to him. But because he was recording live and he knew it, he just started blurting out a phone number. Wow. And this other 13 year old who happened to be watching it immediately picked up the phone called that phone number. They don't live in the same state, but he called the phone number. Turned out to be Trent Jarrett's grandparents. And he was able to tell them what had happened and sort of, you know, explain to them where they were, uh, where the kid was. And they went and found him. That's crazy. And he's okay And, you know, later on, he said that was the only phone number. He couldn't remember his parents' number. He couldn't remember his home number. He could only remember his grandparents' phone number. And that was the one that he was blurting out. And the young guy who was watching him live on TikTok was able to hear it and send rescuers his way. So everything turns out beautifully in the end. So... Uh, one check mark today for social media. There you go. Yeah. Sometimes good things come out yeah. of social media. Yeah. Just, Occasionally. We, you know, it's kind of sad because so often we hear about all of the negative aspects of social media. Mm-hmm. So I like it when you find positive, uplifting stories that say, hey, here is uh, something that happened that, that actually connected to people. Yeah. 
and potentially save somebody's life. A little good news nugget for sure. Hey, this yeah. is kind of good news for us here in Alberta, by the way. I don't know if you saw this yesterday, Mike, but uh, coming out of the province, alberta.ca slash stars of Alberta volunteer. Okay, so that's where you can go online. But this is a really cool idea. So you can nominate a volunteer in your community, someone who's done something extraordinary. And it can be a giant extraordinary or a little extraordinary that just meant a lot. So they're trying to find out who the stars are here in our province. That's a pretty cool program. And speaking about cool, we've got a pretty cool guy on the line now. Brett Kissel joining us. He's out with a new album. Good morning, Brett. Brett Kissel, come in. Brett Kissel. Hello. Hey. Hey. Good morning, Brett. How are you, my friend? Oh, I'm really good, thanks. How are you today? Hey, just fantastic. Uh, Following your Twitter account, and it it kind of outlines what you're going for with this album. You're asking a pretty deep question. Um, Give us a bit of background on on how you kind of landed on this. Well, you know what? I'll I'll put it this way. I've been on this quest, I guess... Uh, all all my life but the reality is is that it was really heightened and i think the universe turned up the volume for this question what is life and Mm. i've been pondering that for the last 13 months for sure and you have the answer right no (laughs) see that's that's the thing i mean number one i'm only 30 years old so i think (laughs) i've got a lot more life to live but i don't know if we'll ever find the answer i just tried my best to find songs that kind of would follow down that path of the question what is life why is that something that you ponder so? Is it is it did the, the pandemic bring it on? I mean, you're still a young guy. You've got great music out there, super successful. So, you know, is that sort of what led you there as well? Very much so. And I mean, I just didn't want to spend all this time and waste time. So I wanted to take a moment to, you know, self-reflect. Think about the things that really matter to me. Maybe, you know, increase appreciation and gratitude in my life. Journal more. Spend more time with with friends and family if I can and in ways that I can. Try to find the secret to this whole thing or simply just take stock of the things that I already have and be appreciative for that. It's a very vast question. There's no denying that. But I got really self-reflective on on this album and kind of went down a rabbit hole. There's no denying that. Mm-hmm. Brett, a lot of people, I think, look at famous folks like yourself and they think, well, he, he's well-to-do, he's successful, he's got money. Uh, surely COVID isn't really affecting him. Can you say, yeah, maybe, but maybe not? Uh, great question. Everybody, here, here's the biggest thing. I try to live my life with, with no judgments because we all have hard in our life. We all have hard moments. We all have hard experiences. Sometimes when you're up at, at, at a level of a, of, of a celebrity or somebody who's on a stage or has a pedestal, a soapbox to stand on, sometimes that target on your back is far greater. And maybe just maybe it's better or more fun or easier in life to fly under the radar. So what I have to say is everybody has their heart. Now, me in particular, without question, the hardest year of my life. Why? Because my industry got a real kick in the you-know-what. However, we're in this together in the sense that all of us, to varying degrees, had really got the you-know-what's kicked out of us. So with that being said, there's a lot of similarities and actually a lot of things that can bring us together because we have these things that are in common right now. Do I have money? Well, I mean, I'm trying my very best. (laughs) I had to pivot. I had zero revenue. Zero revenue for an entire year, not even a single penny. So you know what? We just try our best to do what we can with the tools that we have 
and the things that we've been given. Truly. And, you know, I was going to ask you where, where you spent the past year through the pandemic, because obviously, as we're talking, it's not on the road. You're not able to tour and perform. So uh, do you have a place outside of Alberta or did you spend some time on the family farm in Flat Lake? Well, it's interesting because I actually came up from Nashville, where, where we live, and I came up from Nashville on March 2nd. A big tornado went through Germantown, where I share a condo with my friend, great Calgarian buddy of mine, Brett Wilson. So we've got this condo together. We fly, I fly up with my family back to Alberta on March 2nd so that the neighborhood could get cleaned up. We didn't want to be displaced in a hotel. We have a spot in Alberta. So we said, let's go. Well, COVID happened a few weeks later, and we never got back to the United States. So I have spent a lot of time on our family farm that my wife and I were able to buy into a couple of years ago. So it's been really nice to be able to retreat to a place where, I guess, if you want to social distance, all we got is trees, uh, cattle, uh, I don't know, deer. I mean, it's (laughs) a good place to be. Yeah, it is. Dogs? (laughs) Oh, yeah. Except little wiener dogs. They're they're not much for chasing cows. (laughs) Those are not typical farm dogs. <laughs> no, not at all. I remember showing our wiener dogs to my grandpa bear, and he says, well, what are they good for? They can't chase cows. I said, Grandpa, they're just uh, pets. He said, no, they should be working. If they can't work, what good are they? I mean, <laughs> you know. Okay, Brett, we're going we're gonna to end with this because we've been asking this question all morning. It is National Name Yourself Day today. Now, Brett Kissel, obviously, your name is famous now, but if you could come up with a different name for yourself, what would it be? Oh, I'm so glad you asked me this because I have an alias when I go out uh, to the bar uh, with my buddies. We all change our names, or I like to have my name different on a Starbucks cup. You know, they ask you your name. So I mix two of my favorite country artists in Buck Owens and Glenn Campbell. And uh, my buddies call me Buck Campbell. That is fantastic. Now we know who to go look for when you're in town at the hotels. <laughs> Buck Campbell. Buck Campbell. Thank exactly. you. Thank you, Brett, for joining us. Really appreciate your time. Oh, a lot of fun. Thank you. Have a great morning. You too. Much success with the new album. That is Alberta country music star Brett Kissel. New album is called What Is Life? The first single from it, Make a Life, Not a Living. Friday morning, and it's time to check in with our friend Brett McGarry of the Couch Potatoes. Hi, Brett. How are you? Doing great. How are you? Excellent. Thank you. I know you got a few here that we should get through. One of them, one of the best picture nominees. Let's talk about Nomadland. I know the name, but I know nothing about it. Yeah, this one has been cleaning up in all of the awards, including at uh, the Golden Globes. Finally available in Canada on Disney Plus Star. Here's a clip. My mom said that you're homeless. I'm not homeless. I'm just houseless. Not the same thing, right? Yeah. Don't worry about me. I'm okay. So this one stars Frances McDormand. She is a van-dwelling modern-day nomad. She just kind of wanders across the American West, taking jobs where she can. It's directed by Chloe Zhao, who has been winning all of the directing awards through the season. And the movie has been winning pretty much all of the Best Picture awards as well. So I think this is the likely winner at the Oscars. But uh, I guess we'll find out on Sunday, April 25th. But yeah, it's nice that that's finally available uh, in Canada on Disney Plus because it's been available on Hulu in the States for a couple of months, I think. But yeah, so we finally got it. Isn't it funny, Brett, how uh, we we continue to to go through this whole COVID thing and and great pictures like this kind of get, like Sue mentioned, what is this? I've never heard of this. It's, It's just this odd thing, isn't it? 
Well, the pandemic has just only amplified that, right? Because the Oscar movies, typically, that's what it is. You get the, the list of Best Picture nominees, and for the most part, people have never heard of them. There might be one, like sometimes they'll throw in one commercially friendly movie, but the rest of them are often these little either art house kind of films or just smaller films so the the best picture nominee list tends to be almost like a like a checklist like okay now i know what i need to watch <laughs> yeah. because i've never yeah, heard yeah. of any of these movies <laughs> exactly. uh but because of the pandemic you can't even go to the movies to see these mm -hmm. things so although it was encouraging to see how well godzilla versus kong has done in the box office it's made almost 300 million dollars oh, around wow. the world yeah. including 50 million dollars Domestically, I mean that's primarily in the United States, but uh, that's that is brings me hope because everybody's been talking about the death. Is this the death of the movie-going experience? But it looks like people are clamoring to get back out into a movie theater. Here, here, I can't wait for that day. Okay, so Nomadland, Disney Plus. I know you've got some uh, offerings for us on Netflix too. That's right, Melissa McCarthy and Octavia Spencer star in the movie Thunder Force. <laughs> How can we not stop two chicks in their 40s? Thunder Force is a superhero comedy about two childhood best friends who reunite as a crime-fighting team when one of them creates a formula that gives normal people superpowers. Mm -hmm. The supporting cast includes Jason Bateman, Melissa Leo, Bobby Cannavale, and more. It looks fun. The reviews are kind of hit and miss on this. Uh, like one critic says, the talented McCarthy wastes her time and hours <laughs> in this low-bar effort. That's not, that's not you know, so sounding well for us to spend hours watching it though i think she's funny yeah i think she's great but anytime a movie comes out on netflix i always kind of have raised an eyebrow because i think well if this was good enough to be a, a major release it wouldn't be out on netflix uh, but every every so often they actually put out a movie that turns out to be worth your time so i'm gonna watch it because i love superhero stuff yeah well, so do i but you know sometimes it it, it does a, a disservice to the name superhero when you get a movie like this <laughs> yeah i think it's also great though that they're as you pointed out you know both two chicks in their 40s i think it's great <laughs> that they're using uh women it like it, it's not somebody you would typically see yeah exactly uh, as a superhero a woman in her 40s so i think that's great okay i want to do a quick survey as to what's your favorite show right now that you're maybe binge watching and that you want to share mine because I, I can't say it enough is homeland i know it's an old one i just got into it and i can't stop watching it homeland is is for me like tops on the list right now what about for you brett uh, right now, the show that I am enjoying the most is, uh, well, superhero stuff. <laughs> the Falcon and the Winter Soldier on Disney Plus, uh, episode four, now available today. And Mike? Uh, well, right now, I'm actually watching Cobra Kai. Oh, are you? Okay. Because, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, why not, right? I mean, it's, it's, a little, it's a little bit of nostalgia mixed with modern day, and I find it very interesting in the way they set up the characters, where it's like the good kid is with the bad trainer, but the bad kid is with the good trainer, and eventually, I don't know. I'm only like five or six episodes in so far, but I'm enjoying it. Oh, it's great. That first season is one of the best <laughs> seasons of television. <laughs> yeah, I know. And it's, it was huge. Like, it's a massive, massive hit for Netflix. I think it's just wonderful that those guys were able to resurrect the Karate Kid in a way that yeah. we never would have... Ex I never... Like, Johnny Lawrence was the villain of my childhood. So to now, <laughs> for this show to be able to take him and make him likable, I think that's wonderful. It's just fantastic. We got lots to watch now for the weekend. Thank you, Brett. Thanks, guys. Have a good one. You too. You Brett too. McGarry of the Couch Potatoes.